Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Celestine Show. I am your host, Dr. Celestine. And today we'll be delving into relationships and how you can improve your life with your partner. I hope you will come on in here today and like, subscribe, and share my channel on YouTube, which can be found under the hashtag The Celestine Show. Now, today's guest is Dr. Rodney Diggs. Dr. Diggs has a very interesting background. He is a pastor and one of the founders of One Flesh Ministries Incorporated that provides premarital marriage and family therapy and counseling services. Dr. Diggs is a certified counselor and has also worked more than 30 years in the telecommunications industry. Dr. Diggs, I am so grateful to have you join me today. I'm so happy and pleased to be here, Dr. Celeste. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Yes. Well, I I know I'm excited about today's topic and really talking to you and hearing more about uh, the many uh, gifts of wisdom you shall impart with us today. And so I'm looking oh, forward you. <laughs> to definitely hearing from you. I wanted to jump right in and start by asking you, what do you think is the number one issue that is plaguing our relationships of today? Thank you for that question. Very good question. I think the number one issue is respect. I think the lack of respect, or you lose respect for your partner, whether before you get married or when you, when, while you're married. During the marriage, if you don't have that respect, you're not going to talk to them. A lot of people will say communication is the number one thing. Well, if you don't respect the person, you're going to talk to them in a harsh manner, or as we would say, in any kind of way. You're not going to give them, you're not going to show them the love and the respect because they might have done something that you didn't like or something they did made you lose respect. Right. Uh, it might be they lost a job and that's what you thought was the main, the main emphasis of a marriage. Uh, he or she may have gained 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds, so you don't want to respect them or something has happened where you've lost that respect. And once you lose that respect, it's, it's, it's then going to take some communication on your part, to be honest and say, this is what happened. This is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. So right. I'm saying the number issue is respect. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you there, but I think in order to get respect, we got to look at communication and how people do communicate with one another. I was thinking about one of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou that says, I've learned that people will forget what you said People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And mm -hmm. so, you know, obviously how we communicate to our partners and the people around us, you know, really is is so key and, and important. I was going to um, share a story I, I mentioned. I'm, I'm visiting with uh, my brother and his wife, and they've been married a, a long time. And, um, you know, our, our parents were married about, I don't know, very long time. I can't even count. But anyway, we um, were just, you know, oh, me over here, fly on the wall. I, My sister-in-law, <laughs> she says to me that uh, she'd been asking my brother to fix the toilets and the uh, shower head. And she said, I've been asking him and asking him, and he has not, <laughs> you know, fixed it. But it's just, why does he want to do this? Uh, once I call the plumber. So uh, it was really funny uh, that he came back and he said, well, honey, he said, you know something, it's kind of 
how you asked me. And she goes, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, how should I do this? And he says, um, here's what I want you to do. (laughs) He says, honey, you know, I love you so much. And I just really need you to fix the toilets. So can you please just do that for me, please? And uh, then he said, it's supposed to end with a thank you, a hug, and a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how we ask? (laughs) We had conditions for asking. Right. right. (laughs) Well, the thing is... um, They've been married for a while, right? Well, yeah, thirty years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's that would be nice. That would be nice, right? So you you know you think about um, you know even someone who's been married that long still has issues, you know, with communication sometimes and how you know we speak to one another and like you said, the respect thing I think is important. So what do you think happens if a man does feel uh, disrespected? Quickly loses interest. Quickly loses interest and a whole personality shift. Uh, He will then begin to find fault. Most men would just go along uh, to get along. But once they feel disrespected, then (laughs) their defenses go up or their offenses go up. They'll find things wrong with you and pick with you. And men don't mind being criticized but they'll start criticizing their mate. And most women do not like to be criticized. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I get that. What about the other side of things, though? What happens, what do you think with women? Um, you know, how how do you think a woman might be disrespected? And, you know, how uh, how do you think that might make a woman feel when she is is disrespected? I think she would do the same thing, Dr. Celeste. She would turn and then even more be disrespectful and saying saying some things. It all depends what the man did to disrespect her. Um, women are pretty emotional, so it could be any number of things. Um, it could be you got at the mall and a shapely young lady, pretty young lady, walked by, and the man will look at her or stare at her a minute or a second, a second too long. I want to say a minute because that's way too long. Before um, he gets popped, right? No. <laughs> well, before he finds himself getting off the ground <laughs> or, or a purse upside the head, <laughs> he might feel disrespected that way. Or I've had this incident happen. You go out to a, a dance, a fraternity dance, and you with your, you're with your chapter, and she might feel disrespected because you spend more time talking to your fraternity brothers then you did sitting there talking to her. So her whole evening is messed up because you're probably working uh, the event. So she might feel disrespected. And mm. then the whole evening is, is, is shot unless you, you know, and magically can pull some roses and some other things out of your purse. I mean, out of your, uh, out of your pocket and give it to her. Right. Well, I mean, how do you avoid those types of situations? Because I think, um, it's probably not one or two, but when things happen consistently, you know, over time in a relationship, perhaps that is what really uh, maybe begins to feel like disrespect. You know, if things keep happening over and over again, um, what is the solution um, in terms of 
making sure that that person never feels that way and that that doesn't happen over and over again. From the man's standpoint, you have to reassure your wife that she is next to God, the most important thing in your life. And that if you go into this event, you know, honey, dear, sweetie, honey bun, whatever you call her, that I may be busy during the the hours. And this is coming up on men. And we're not always quick on our feet to think and to say things like that. But that should be said beforehand, before you get there. So that talk, that conversation, that reassurance should take place even before. Uh, make sure, yeah, you want to hurry up and get to the event. I'll speak from personal experience. You want to hurry up and get to the event, but you want to make sure that she feels like she's important to you. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've been in circumstances like that where there may have been a lot of friends around and so forth and so on. And I that I, I guess it doesn't really bother me because I, I'm the type that I don't really know a stranger. So I'll just talk to the person next to me or the people around me. And, you know, you know, I think maybe early on, you know, many years ago, I might feel insecure because. I'm like, well, who's this or why am I not being introduced to this or that person? But after a while, you realize that maybe your person that you're with is just that way, you know, like they, they're not even thinking about it, you know. So I think that's a lot of it is being uh, cognizant or aware of how um, you might make that other person feel by, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like ignoring in a way, Um but it's not really something that's intentional. It's like, you know, hey, that's my boy. I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, and you have to, you. you, well, all, you, these are your, you know, all these are your boys, you know, all these are your boys and all these are your your classmates or all these are your, you know, you just, you have to amp it down. You have to ramp it down and just, okay, this this is a date. And you get your wife, you ask, her, you ask her to come. So you have to treat her with that love and respect to have that, you know, I've got some duties I need to do from time to time, but most of my time I should be spending with you. Right. Why do you think that is, though? Like, uh, you know, I've heard people or couples say, you know, like, a, you know, the man or the woman might say, well, can I have a life? You know, like, I know we're one as a couple, but I need time, me time, you know, time with my girls, time with my guys, you know, that kind of thing. So how important is it that you... I mean, what happens, I guess, um, is that there's an uh, an imbalance sometimes. And so um, I think that a lot of people kind of forget after you've been in a relationship long term that the same things you did to get her, hey, you got to do to keep her or the same thing you did to get him, you got to, you know, continue to do to keep her. And so I, I look at some couples, they have date night and all that. I don't, I don't necessarily um, personally go out of my way to do a date night. I just, we just do things, <laughs> you know? So um, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, it's like, Hey, you want to go here, go there, whatever. But um, I wanted to say um, that we're going to, you know, first we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, okay. we're going to talk a little bit about love languages and, I know there are five main love languages, but I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, learning the other person because we got to study each other, right? Yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you do. Yes, so you we'll, do. we'll talk about that in just a moment when we come back. All right. <laughs> 
A lot of things have come to a screeching halt due to COVID-19, but you should know that the court system in Tennessee is still open and holding in-person hearings for orders of protection and other types of abuse cases. If you have a hearing date, double-check on where your hearing will be held. If you need assistance on an order of protection or temporary restraining order, contact the Legal Aid Society at 1-800-238-1443 or visit our website at www.las.org. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to the Celeste Stein Show and I am here with Dr. Rodney Diggs and we are talking about relationships and we were just talking about um, love languages and you know we want to kind of start by talking about uh, the five love languages and you know why it's important to study your partner and know what those love languages are. So I guess I should ask you though, do you think that's important that you understand your person? Oh, most definitely, Dr. Celeste. Most definitely. You have to you have to study. You have to research. You have to really study your partner. Uh, if this is someone that you want to be with and that you're going to be with long term. You need to know as a man, you need to know how she thinks most days. <laughs> you, you have to know her, her pattern most times and uh, what she likes, what she doesn't like. Uh, because if you don't, if, if, how can you say you, you like somebody, you want to be with somebody, but you don't know anything about them? Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you don't know their love language, what they like, what they don't like. Some folks' love languages is I'll, I'll buy you something. I'll buy you a new Gucci bag or a Brahma bag or a Coach bag. Ding! You wanna uh, you, you wanna check what my husband's love language is? <laughs> you mentioned that key word, but anyway, <laughs> uh, 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 bag. <laughs> anyway, or, or buy something or. Uh, Rather than some folks that just their love language just to come over and give you a hug, right? Or kiss on the just grab your hand or, or affection, right? Affirmation, uh, you know, um, affirmation. Just like I like that when people say, you know, you did a really nice job. Thanks for you know paying all the bills and cleaning up the house today. You know that that does a lot for me. <laughs> all the bills and clean up the house. Oh my. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you would think it would, we would do a lot for other people too, but you know, Dr. Like Dr. Celeste, Dr. Celeste, hold on. Let me let, let me roll back. To, let me roll back. The beautiful bean footage here. You you <laughs> you got it. Oh my oh my word. Here we go. I, I'm I'm an old brother. <laughs> yeah. You cleaned up the whole house. Uh, yeah. And paid all the bills. That's right. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a love language. Yeah, yes. Right, right. And you said thank you. <laughs> yeah. He got to thank you. You know, like sometimes. Whole house. What's the, what did you say? He, he got to thank you for cleaning up the whole house. That's right. And paying so. all the bills. Right. And, you know, likewise, I, I say thank I'm you not. when the, the lawn is cut and, and the trash is out. You know, you just. There are things after a while, it's like, this is, you know, what we decided. So let's, let's, that's what we do, you know? So. Now he didn't clean up the whole house, paid all the bills. He didn't cut the grass and you got him, you gave him a thank you. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I said, I <laughs> cleaned oh. up the house. Oh, you cleaned up the house. Paid all the bills. Yes. yes. And he 
took out the trash and rode around the yard on a riding lawnmower. That's what I said. No, <laughs> but anyway. And no, I'm just we'll let you. that sink in. We'll let that sink in. <laughs> he, he did what he could do, you know. <laughs> certain people have certain skills in a relationship. You have to lean and mold yourself to their skills. <laughs> he's yeah. not pushing the lawnmower. He's riding on the lawnmower. Right, right. So that means he's achieved a certain level of, um, yeah, I like that. Right, lawnmower status here. Lawnmower status. See, he's got <laughs> enough property that he can mow the lawn sitting down. Right, right. That's and a beautiful love language to me. Yeah, it sounds it, beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> I mean, I just. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's quite a man who, you know. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, you know, I think as long as you understand, hey, this is what it is, that's that's the key. It's communicate, going back to communication and respect. And as long as you, you know, know that that's what we're doing, that's the agreement or whatever, then you can you can kind of move on from there. And that's why well, this, is, this may be all this may be all that I have that all because I, I have I know men who don't do any chores around the house. They would rather pay someone. Matter of mm. fact, I have an old boss in in tennis in Nashville. I won't mention his name, but he would <laughs> he, he he goes by he goes by what he calls the Michael Jordan rules of the household. Mm-hmm. I said Michael Jordan rules. He said yes. If it takes me more than fifteen minutes to do it, I'll pay somebody else. Mm. I think that's not a bad thing. I was I was talking to someone. Uh, actually this week about a virtual assistant and they mm-hmm. they basically broke it down this way it's like well how much do you make an hour for what you do and you know I told them and then they said well you know by hiring this person you'll be saving yourself this much an hour because you could be doing that instead of menial tasks that and it's not that it's menial but like scheduling or emails and things like that that is taking up a lot of your time your valuable time so I think um, that's not a bad thing, you know, just kind of thinking about those things and how uh, we can get back one of our most valuable resources, which obviously is time and getting getting the help that we need. But um, I wanted to, to move on um, okay. to uh, what happens when you and your spouse or partner or significant other happens to be uh, the complete opposite you know, is it a relationship that's destined for failure or what happens when opposites attract? That's just less you're going to find opposites because that's why you attract. You know, you don't find two polar parts of a magnet attracting to each other. So you're going to attract to somebody who's going to be the opposite. Uh, I think when you and I spoke the other day, uh, I don't think I could date somebody like me. You know, why? Why would you that person would get on my nerves if they acted <laughs> like they, if they did, <laughs> if they if they did the things that I, no, you, you got to have some commonality, but you also have some you also have some differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may be outspoken on a number of things, highly opinionated, but to have somebody that's a quiet, gentle spirit who can say, "Okay, Rodney, wait a minute, let's think about this." You need that other perspective sometimes. Um, 
they may you say opposites in terms of oh it could be anything. I wanna I wanna say how about religion? Um uh, that's religion. one that you know came up and you know uh we came from two completely different types of backgrounds. So mm -hmm. what happens when when that occurs, you know? That's where I go back to the, the object and the thing of respect. If you respect your mate enough, find out, learn about their denomination, their religion, their religious practices. Um, attend, their, attend their services. You might like and might glean, you know, from that. Uh, some folks are different denominations, and they say, "Well, I just want to. I just want to be in this denomination. I just want to be in that denomination." If you're serving God and they're serving God and there's a great spirituality to it, why not expand? Why not open up your mind and then find out what's in their world, what they think, how they feel? You might come away with, and I've, I've had this happen, come away with a different perspective. And it's really how I got into ministry. Hmm. You know, I just <clears throat> came back to United Methodist, but I had a, I had a venture off into Baptist full gospel, and I got a greater appreciation for the style of worship than I was used to as a United. I'm a United Methodist pastor, uh, mm -hmm. kind of grew up United Methodist. Uh, so I, just having that experience has, has helped me, particularly in this part of my this part of my ministry, having had that background, having had that experience. Uh, someone's got a different person difference in men uh, have a spouse who can sing. <clears throat> I don't sing. Oh yeah, so they play. They're very, they're very artistic and very. You know, you have somebody who's who's an artist, graphic artist, a designer. They're very artistic and and do floral designs, can do um, home decorating. And you have the other person who can't, you know, can't hit a nail with a hammer. So can't draw, you know, can't uh, teach, can't draw bath water. So, you know, you, you have, those are opposites. So you have to learn to appreciate and respect their art um, and who they are. That's, those are the differences that, that attracted you. There was something about that that was missing in you that they have. That's right. attractive. And it really just enlarges, it just enlarges your territory. Just enlarges your, your area. Yeah. Well, I think back and, um, you know, when when it comes to young couples and, and those who are even thinking about, you know, getting married, um, I remember, you know, when we talked about that, our church, um, you know, which in my case, the Episcopal Church, uh, family church, they require you to do marital counseling. Now, some people yeah. do not, you know, some ministries, or you might go to the justice of, of the peace. Um, all the things that we went over there, I was not expecting. And I learned a whole lot that I thought I knew that I really didn't know. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> the importance of counseling I'm going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to delve into that a little bit and what it means to really have a clear understanding of what you're getting into before you say, I do. We'll be back right after this. One of the best things about this is how little money it takes to totally change a child's life. 
So yes, we send a child to high school for all four years for $3,500. If you think about that, that's $3 a day. And these kids are all at boarding schools. That's room and board, books, fees, tuition, everything. We, you know, these kids have no money. We buy them toothpaste and toilet paper and shampoo and everything. It's literally everything, all of their books. So it covers all of their expenses for $3 a day. Um, and we, we have some donors who want to pay the whole 3500 and sponsor on their own. But most of our donors just donate $50, $100, you know, whatever, you know, they feel like, like donating. So $3 a day, a day performs miracles here. Okay, welcome back to the Celestine Show. I'm here with Dr. Rodney Diggs, and we're talking about relationships. Uh, welcome back. I wanted to um, talk next here about, you know, counseling. How important do you think counseling is in a relationship? Extremely, extremely important. That's part of the getting to know phase if you're moving past, if you're moving toward being serious about each other, there are things that you said before you went to break that you learned in counseling that you didn't know. It opened up your mind to know and to find out things that, that are out there. I strongly prescribe in couples seeking counseling uh, after they get engaged or thinking about getting engaged. I've counseled couples that have come in, they just got engaged. Uh, and our my old church in Tennessee, uh, it's mandatory that you have counseling before you get married. And the pastor sent them to us to do the premarital counseling. Because there's things you find out. And counseling is not, oh, there's a couple of ways we go with this, Dr. Celeste, and I hope we have time to delve into it. Marriage counseling does not mean that you're weak, that you're that you're sad, that something's wrong. It's you're seeking information. You're seeking a perspective. Uh, I loved it because our pastor said you can't get married at the church unless you have this counseling. And it's not, and he turned it over to us to do in terms of doing the counseling. Because we're trying to, we're trying to counsel. And not all pastors or ministers are trained in counseling. Knowing a scripture verse or two is fine, but there's a whole technique in counseling and getting to the root, getting to the issues that are going on. And marriage counseling should be more than two, three sessions. You need to go at least six sessions to sit down and it should be a prescribed program. Right. I remember having homework. I mean, I was given like a six-page questionnaire <laughs> and, this, the, and things I really had to think about, you know, from finances to, you know, like how, how do you believe thing, the finances should be uh, covered? Should, you know, you have separate bank accounts? Should you just have one account? Is everything shared? You know, all of that kind of stuff that you don't really think about when you're single, you know, like, wait a minute, I'm joining here with someone else. And so- if you haven't talked about it and then all of a sudden you're in that situation, you know, well, 
you know, somebody may be like, well, wait a minute, you know, I thought we were going to work on this together. The other person might be like, no, I'm going to have my account over here and you're going to have your account over there. So if you don't know, that's just not a good way to start out because they say, you know, it's, it's money, it's sex, it's things like that, that really can ruin a relationship. And so it's, I think those are things that I learned are are so important in, in terms of why you need counseling. But that brings me to my next question, Dr. Diggs, and that is why do so many people, and I'll say definitely men, run away from counseling? I I mean, they'd rather be, you know, strung up somewhere than to have to go sit in a counseling session, you know? It's like, ah, you know, why, why do you think that is? Ah, Dr. Celeste, I, at, the, at the risk of losing my man card, as a as a as a counselor and a, and a member of the clergy, I have to have to be honest and 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 hope the brothers don't you know revoke my man my manhood card. You're okay, We 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 and and I won't say just between us because this is going worldwide, <laughs> and it'll be on YouTube. Counseling a lot of times is seen as a weakness. Mm. We have to admit that we don't know something or that we're going to be told we don't know something. It's it's multi-layered. One, um, if you're going to marriage counseling, so that means my fiance came up with the idea. Now, I've already engaged her. I've already proposed to her. So now she's asking me to go to counseling to work on some issues. I don't know if I'm ready for that because I don't want to sit down. So who's going to who is who's doing the counseling for for a man? Here's the steps we go through. Is it a man or is it a woman? Is it a married man? Is it a single man? Is she married or is she unmarried? Or if they're divorced? Okay, where's it going to be? Are we meeting at the church where everybody in the church can see that we're coming to counseling? Because we still don't, oh, they're coming for counseling and they're engaged. Are they having problems? Most people see counseling as there is a problem. Mm. I see counseling as a preventive method. Hmm. And there's several analogies I could use, but being a man, I won't. Uh, You go for, this is preventive, and you go and you learn and you explore what what you need to do. It is, it's counseling. I've had men come in, and maybe that's just less because of my personality. I I take ministry and counseling seriously, but I don't take myself that seriously. So people see me laughing and joking. Say, oh, that's, you know, that's just that's older Diggs. That's Doctor Diggs. We're, we're going to talk to him because I'm going to relate to you. And okay, I understand this is difficult for you to come in here because you don't want to hear what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're taking on a great responsibility, my brother. You're taking on a great responsibility. You're about to give her your name. Let me tell you what that all involves. So take a sip of water, take a sip of tea, drink some coffee, put your seatbelt on, because we're gonna buck up. We're gonna do this. So it, it's you don't you don't know you don't know. You've heard so many things, or you see things on TV. You, you don't know until you do it. Right. Well, I think some people are afraid that they're going to actually have to uh, change. In, oh, my. 
change of behavior that they may have, you know, adapted over the years. Well, one of the things you said earlier, you said, you mentioned like the fiance taking the person to go get counseling. And I think that's what I hear often. Like women always make the doctor's appointments, you know, for most men, something has to be falling off before they actually will go to the doctor or well, yeah. seek therapy and stuff like that. But when we talked the other day, we also talked a little bit about leadership. And so mm-hmm. um, should the man be leading that effort as opposed to the woman all the time in terms of counseling? Like, you know, is she the only one that's always concerned about the well-being of her man and the relationship should it should it actually be that way or is that really maybe not the way it should be that's a that's a that's a excellent question <laughs> boy you sound kind of speechless now <laughs> well, but not <laughs> it, it's rare for me to be speechless it's very rare right right rare <laughs> it, it, it's it's a very good point because women are by, by nature nurturers so you're concerned about those i'll say the softer elements of someone's feelings and how how things are going you're more you're more most women are more attuned to those those kinds of things i think it should be a shared thing uh it can switch depending on let's say there's a physical illness and the wife is not able to make the appointment so the husband has to step up and make the appointments of course, she's going to go get her calendar, her date book, and, you know, because she has all the information. Women are just historically just, that's that's been part of their role, part of what they did. What they, they kept track of birthdays and anniversaries and doctor's appointments, and we have to go, and here's your medicine, all your medicine lined up, you take your medicine. That's just, that's been the role. Can men provide that same role? Most certainly, most definitely. And I know some but, men. But do I know they that. can, but should they more so? And that that's really more my question. Like, well, should well. they be the leaders uh, in that? If you're the leader of your house, you know what I mean? Like, can a woman follow a man who's not a leader? Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you don't, being, a, being a good leader doesn't always mean you're out front. Hmm. Mm. A good leader can also be a good a good a good leader is also a good listener is also a good supportive person. Okay, mm-hmm. if yeah. that's your if that's your strong suit, if that's your area, uh, if I need to step in and do that, I can. I'm a good leader, but I can lead in several different ways. Mm. I can lead by encouraging you to continue to do what, you, what, mm. what you're doing. Yes, I don't because I'm a leader doesn't necessarily mean. Oh, I can. I, oh, I can use. I, I'm a sports fanatic, so I was going to lead something. In term, talk about in terms of leadership in terms of football. You don't always have to be the one doing everything to be right. the leader, right? And you don't have to always walk around thumping your chest that you know I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I'm the man of the house. You know? Right, right. I think you know sometimes people get the roles, you know, misconstrued um, as far as is what one should or should not be doing, but. When you marry, you know, you become as one and it's like a, a team effort, a partnership, I think. But I think some people don't always see it that way. And so that's when I think there there may even tend to be, you know, uh, additional problems. I want to. Um, and, and, well, let, me, let me just get back because I'm going to inject. I know this is your show, but 
No. I'm kind of forceful like that. Teamwork. Most men understand teamwork. Mm-hmm. We understand team. We're very much in the sports. We understand the bond, the camaraderie of a team. And on a team, everyone has a role that they perform. Mm-hmm. Be it football, be it basketball. You have a role. If, so if, I'm, if, if my wife and I are a team, there's roles, there's roles that we play fairly, unfairly. I may cook, she may not cook. She may clean, I may not clean. So there's roles. I may lead on this, she may lead on that. She may be better with money, but I'm better with contracts. Right. So she's better at so it's it's the teamwork. The, the leadership is okay, we know this is what we're doing. We're we're a team. And I love that aspect. I'm a, I'm a frustrated coach. So I and love team sports. So a teamwork in marriage, that's the way things should go. Yeah, there's a head coach, but the head coach has assistants that specialize in different areas. The head coach is not the trainer taping people up before the game. The head coach is the head coach. Right. I'm sorry, I'll give you back your show. Yeah. <laughs> Yield. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna I yield a- my time. Go ahead. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're talking here with Dr. Diggs, Rodney Diggs, and talking about relationships. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about some deal breakers in relationships. We'll be back right after this. When it comes to relationships, there are some obvious signs you can use to spot someone who might be abusive. First, they have a tendency to want to rush into a relationship. They may also show signs of jealousy and mistrust, and you could find they expect you to be perfect and will try to cut you off from other important relationships. They could also be abusive towards animals and children. To learn more about the signs of dangerous individuals and how you can identify and avoid unhealthy relationships, contact the Legal Aid Society at 1-800-238-1443. And welcome back. You're listening to the Celeste Stein Show. And we are talking about relationships. And I'm here with Dr. Rodney Diggs. And we are getting ready to talk a little bit about deal breakers in relationships. So sometimes people, Dr. Diggs, will say, well, um, a lot of times infidelity might be something that uh, may end a relationship. Um, Or... It just may be, you know, you can't agree to disagree. It just may be a lot of different things that, you know, couples find themselves in. It may have something to do with children or children from a previous marriage and the new spouse not or girlfriend not wanting to, you know, accept those people into the the family or be a part. So there, there are a lot of things that um, plague relationships. What would you say... Um, should be deal breakers. Wow. I don't think money should be a deal breaker. Um, I really don't think finance should be a deal breaker. Infidelity can definitely be a deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, I think, though, you know, a lot of couples do come back from infidelity, but you said yes. it should yes. be. Why Why would you say that? That it should be? Yeah. Because you, you betray the trust. Mm-hmm. You betray the trust. And 
it would take a lot to get that trust back. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm a very illustrative person. If I took a piece of paper mm-hmm. and just happen to have a piece of paper here, give me a second or two. And this piece of paper is smooth. Not saying that your marriage is always going to be smooth. Your relationship is going to be smooth. But if you take the paper and you do this in a relationship and you ball it up and you crumble it up because you 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 stepped out, you had an, you had an affair, mm-hmm. you with somebody else, you got tied up on Facebook, you got tied up on YouTube, you got tied up on TikTok or something else, and you try to get that person back. Did you ever smooth this piece of paper out? And what measures would you take? Would it take to smooth this back? So it is is that so it is like this. Hmm. Would it take an iron at a certain temperature and a certain amount of pressure? Let's move it out. All this because someone decided to break the covenant. I'm a Christian pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian counselor. They broke the covenant. Yes, you can recover from that. But the person who crumbled the paper up, how much are they willing to do? Um, so when you said it should be a deal breaker, you're saying that if that person's not willing to, I guess do anything to fix what they've done and they continue, you know, I mean, uh, they say in Christianity, it's all about repentance and that word repent means to turn away from. So it doesn't mean you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But a lot of people, that's what they do. They just cover it up better, you know, and that kind of thing. So how, you know, do you, do you even try to counsel you know, a couple that is in that situation. I mean, what what I really want to know, what do you say to them? You say to them, male or female, are you repenting? I give I, I do this example because I've I've had we I've counseled folks like this. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do the work? You you met them, you romanced them, you married them. You proposed to them, you did the honeymoon, you did all that, and then you did this. Now, we're not going to talk about what led up to you doing this. It's just you do this. Let's eliminate all the other stuff. You did. Are you willing to straighten this out? What are you willing to do for this person to take you back? Because now you betrayed their trust. Mm-hmm. You not only disrespected them and humiliated them, you, what? you humiliated them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether it was out in public or just, you know, you know. So there's that person feels humiliated because there's a third person that's now involved in our marriage mm-hmm. and what we had in our team. Right. So what are you willing to do to straighten it out? And most people are not willing to do the work. Right. Well, and then um, speaking, you just mentioned third parties. What if that third party, you know, keeps interfering in in the relationship? So 
technically it, it can't have a chance to heal, you know, because, you know, that, that often happens. But I always say, I always tell people that I know, you know, if that person will cheat with you. <laughs> that person will cheat on you. They'll cheat on you. Exactly. They don't have any, you know, they're not faithful. Um, so I, I, I talked to folks, talk to, um, I mainly counsel men through my ministry, Nehemiah ministry. And because I want to rebuild the wall. And that's the wall that they're on, like Nehemiah in the Bible. So mm-hmm. I talked to men who may, let's say, have, have strayed outside their marriages. You got to rebuild that wall around your community, around your household. And it's going to take, it might take a different kind of brick. It may take longer to rebuild the wall that you tore down in a month or however long it took you to do. And that was before you got caught. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so why do you want this person now? So there's, there's tough questions on that end. You know, what are you willing to do? Why do you want, what what happened to the other person that you thought was, was better? Right. The grass was greener, but the grass still got to be mowed on that side of the lawn. Riding lawn more or not on riding lawn more, it still has to be mowed. So I used to, I used to work with a a, a guy who used to go the, bra- the grass is brown all the way around, <laughs> like very <laughs> pessimistic. But you know, anyway, <laughs> you still got to water the grass for the grass to grow wherever it is. Yeah, exactly. So why you want to come back to where you strayed away from? Why? Mm-hmm. Why why are you coming back? Mm. Ask those tough questions. So why do you want to come back? Mm-hmm. What happened over here? Right. Let's talk man to man. Okay. Let's talk. Why you want to come back? Mm-hmm. If you strayed. Right. Well, what happens if that person, you know, maybe they're dealing with some deeper issues and, you know, they they just shut down and they don't wish to discuss anything, you know, with anybody. So I mean, what advice do you give to someone like that in in a situation like that where they're just not willing to talk, you know? If you're not willing to talk, you're not willing to do any of the work. So that's the biggest, I mean, that's the first step. You have to be willing to talk. You talked your way into this relationship with this other person. You didn't do it by mind. You didn't do it by hand signals. You talked your way. So now you don't want to talk this situation yeah there is a bigger there is a bigger problem there's a bigger issue and the counseling would shift from more of well it then turned into what are your deeper issues what's going on mm-hmm. yeah which and, is why and- I say it would take more than one or two sessions you know you're talking at this point seven eight nine ten you know twelve sessions because there's a lot of layers there just to get you to talk right because some of those problems um, that might be deeper rooted in um, things like self-esteem and what have you, those are issues that sometimes that person needs to basically work out all on their own. That has nothing to do with you, you know, that. that exactly. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, it, it is a self-esteem issue. It is. Okay. I, I saw something. I, here's an opportunity uh, this is what I want to do. This person, oh, makes me feel better than my 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 wife, my husband, 
you know, they might be taller, they may be slimmer, they may be cuter. You know, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling a certain way. I want to say certain, some kind of way, but they, I'm feeling. So that's that's me. It has nothing to do with my spouse. Mm-hmm. I can sit and say, well, you weren't taking out the trash, but you didn't cut the grass as often, you know, as I feed it. Or you went, and that made me no. That's just that's just camouflage. That's just that's just an issue. That's just camouflage. What's going on with you that made you do that? Right. Well, and and I think that takes a certain degree of honesty with oneself. And until you're willing to do that, like you said, I think that is a, a deal breaker. And then, um, you know, I guess you were starting to talk about other things that are, are deal breakers as well. You said money wasn't, infidelity was. What are some other, um, I, and I guess I'm, I'm assuming we're coming from the Christian you know, perspective here um, in terms of what might be some other things that would, would you know, cause someone in your position who's actually counseling people to say, mm, you know, I, I think it's time to throw in that towel. One of unforgiveness. Mm, mm-hmm. if, yeah. you, if you've been offended by your, 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 your spouse, can you forgive? Can you give grace? I'm 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 a United Methodist. I'm I'm a Wesleyan. Uh, strongly believe in grace. Can you give the person the grace? If person can, if a person cannot give you the grace, in the space, and offer you and offer forgiveness, a kind heart. But if your heart is so hardened that you just can't do it, then okay, for whatever reason you have, then maybe we need to we need to move on. You need to separate. Because you just mm-hmm. cannot forgive what they did was so hard, so heinous to you that you can't you can't forgive them, then it's best that you move out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Because like some of your PSAs, and I've been to in Nashville, um down anger management, some of my clients came from the courts because of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only did men, but there were also women involved in domestic violence disputes. Right. Uh, court order. <laughs> I could go either way, right? <laughs> quickly go either way. That's an equal opportunity right. situation. <laughs> uh, if you just can't let go, uh, also deal breaker just dealing with dealing with sometimes dealing with family, extended family members can be a deal breaker. Why do you say that? Because a lot of times people are like that. When we get married, you're, you know, the extended family has nothing to do with me, but has everything to do with that might not be true, right? Are you willing? Are you willing to cut off, you know, Shay Shay or Nuck Nuck that they're doing things that's going to be harmful and damaging, you know, to our household, to our team? Okay, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't let me come into to your household, your lovely household down in Tampa. And just smoke marijuana, and you don't smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. And we may have family members who feel this their right, their privilege, because you know this is you know this is my sister, this is my cousin. I can come in and smoke marijuana. No, I may have asthma. Right. Yeah, and you you can't. Uh... I may get drug tested on a regular basis. I can't have this in my system. Mm-hmm. Right, and then. Um... You what you said at the very start of this conversation is respect. 
you yes. know, that's disrespectful. It's not only disrespectful to, to the person, their home and their spouse. I mean, it's, it's all those things. So one has to really, you know, be astute in recognizing things that are offensive, things that are going to bring potential harm. And I always said, I always, you know, if I see danger, I flee. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to get in the middle of something or some mess. You know, yes. uh, that's how I am. I just, you know, I'm like, oh, there's danger ahead. Uh, let me go this way. You know, so but some people they they're oblivious to it. It's like, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just, and so I don't know how one deals with that either, you know, as far as, you know, making sure that, um, you know, they're, they're recognizing that that could be an issue. You know what I mean? Like sometimes. Now this is, you know, this is, like, this is I, I, I use the analogy and I, I, of teamwork. This is, this is a team, but you want somebody to come in and just, these are the uniforms we're wearing. So you don't come in, you don't wear something else. No, no. Our team does this. This is what we do. This is our core value. This is what we believe in. The Bible said, for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to serve the Lord. And what you're doing is not really serving the Lord. Uh, love you like a cousin. Mm -hmm. But you, you, you can't come here with that. Right. Well, what about... um? equal footing in a relationship. You you mentioned teamwork. Um, it, when you get married, do you really think that men and women are on equal footing or should be on equal footing? No, you, you're not going to be equal. You know, you're not going to be equal footing. I'm, I'm like, you know, y'all can pull my man card, but I'm going to hang on to it. No, we, we, we're not, you know, we're not. Um, financially, Emotionally, physically, you know, we're not on equal footing. You know, not, but the question is, should we be? Should we be? And and is it is it okay not to be on equal footing? I think I really want some elaboration on that. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 okay that you might be stronger in the area than I am. That's okay because I want to help me. I want somebody to help me meet my goals, help mm -hmm. me meet my obligations, help me help me meet the things that I wanted that God put on my life. Yeah, I, if I've got a woman, she's my help meet to help me get to a point. Some things I can't do by myself. You may be a much better writer than I am. Mm -hmm. You can help me in writing a sermon, in writing a script, in writing a book, in writing. There may be things. So we're we're not we're not equal in that area. Yeah, I get that. You know, um, that that I may have the money to go out and buy a riding lawnmower to 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 cut the grass on our seven acres down in Tampa, but you know, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm picking now. But anyway, you know, <laughs> well, I may pay somebody to do it. It you don't always have to be equal in terms of where you are in terms of respect and where you are in terms of communication, where you are spiritually. Yeah. Are you equal in that area? Are you equal in that area? And even that area, you're not, you're not going to, you're going to find a spouse who might be more spiritual than you are. Mm -hmm. And some men like that. Some men really, I've met 
really like the fact that she has a greater association, a greater connection with God. And that's where I want to be. Right. Well, and and that may be, but then you get into sometimes a, a couple that's unequally yoked and where it's not even. And so I, I, I think sometimes that's okay. Um, as long as you're, like you said, you're still on the same team. <laughs> it's just one person may be, you know, a lot further behind the other, or somebody may be, you know, out front a little bit more. That might be, that might be another area, Dr. Celeste, that, um, that can't be fixed. That, 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 you know, if you're unequally yoked, uh, in terms of spirituality, um, that makes the marriage harder. Right. But I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think unless it just is never changing, you know, the thing is it's about evolution and change, right? At the end of the day. Are you willing to listen to where I am? Because I I have I have a good friend whose wife is very spiritual. He's in the church all life, but he refused. He refused to go to church or attend church. They've been together for a while. I've got some other friends who, you know, they, but they like the fact that their wives have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Um, well, I'm looking at the time. Oh, I just realized well, this, this has been wonderful. Uh, it's been. A pleasure to have you on today. We will have to continue this. This is one to be continued. I yes, really yes, enjoyed it this. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And, and um, we're going to, we're going to have to cut here, but, Thank you so much, Dr. Diggs, for imparting your wisdom on relationships today. We will be back again with another show in two weeks. You can tune in um, if you watched uh, this episode and you enjoyed it, want to watch another one, go to The Celestine Show under the hashtag The Celestine Show on YouTube, and you can watch this again or watch uh, other programs that we've had. Thanks so much for watching. Make it a great day. Thanks. Be blessed.